You're listening to Addicted to Growth. Join us each week as we sit down with sales, marketing, and revenue leaders on the front lines of innovation. New insights, new playbooks, new tech, new lessons. Step forward into growth and development or backwards into safety and security. The choice is yours. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Addicted to Growth show. We're super excited. Today, we have Lorena Morales on the line with us. Uh, she is the VP of Marketing over at Go Nimbly. Um, and we're, we're really excited to talk to Lorena today in regards to her journey uh, and really where, you know, what she's done and how she's gotten to where she is today. Um, she's got an amazing company, so check those guys out. But Lorena, thank you for joining us. Thank both of you guys. I think uh, I'm very, very happy to to be here, not only because you have interviewed a close friend of mine, uh, but because this this platform is is an opportunity for me to talk about things that not necessarily I have talked publicly. Uh, so you're gonna be the first ones. Like I, I always kind of give hints of my of my background and, and my story and everything, but mostly people uh, come to me to talk about yeah, sales and marketing alignment or like ABM or like things that, I mean, everyone is talking about those things. Uh, my, this episode, I think for your audience is going to be interesting because one, it's elections time. Uh, I don't want to make it political because I'm super ignorant on that, honestly. Uh, but it's going to be interesting regarding that and regarding also all the immigrants uh, that actually make this country successful. That's my personal belief. So let's hit it. It's the first time that I'm actually a little nervous because I am not very good talking about myself, but like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it is right. So we actually had a chance to catch up you and I, um, and I loved, I loved our conversation and, and I really walked away from it super inspired. Right. Um, we, we talked a little bit about your really like your, your journey of how you got to where you are today, uh, and really talking around, you know, being an immigrant and the, the adversity and the challenges that you had to face. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, you know, a, where, where are you from? Where is home for you? Um, and, and tell us a bit about that journey. Sure. Uh, oh, you hear one of the most tricky questions that people keep asking me, like, well, what's home? And I, until today, uh, 30, 32, Oh my God, I'm, I, I just realized I'm 32. Um, uh, 32 years later, I still don't have a good answer. I think home is what you decide to make your home and where the people that you love the most are. Those are my two definitions. So for me, I have uh, three homes. Uh, that would be San Francisco, Luxembourg, and uh, the lovely Tulum in the south of Mexico. Uh, my family is all over the place, um, but that's where my parents retired. And in Luxembourg lives my uh, my sister and my two very, very attractive, I'm zero biased here, um, new nephews. Uh, so that that's what, what home is for me. And talking about my American immigrant history, um, 
I think I, I should start like from, from the beginning on, on what I saw in this country uh, and why a lot of Mexicans uh, come here to look for something that we believe it's better. Um, education in, in Mexico is not the best system, to be honest. Um, it's it, like you have to go to a, to a public uh, institution to a private uh, institution if you want to make it. And then I realized that my background in product design had gave me like really good tools to understand any product or service, but I didn't know how to sell a thing. So that's when the first uh, thought of like, let's keep pursuing education because I truly believe education is a game changer for every single human being. And you can call it traditional education or you can call it this podcast or you can call it a book whatever is for you i believe in continuous continuously uh learning something um by that time i used to speak three three languages uh so now apologies to your audience if my if my brain kind of goes crazy uh with my portuguese sometimes gets here and my my spanish brain they can deal crazy. with it <laughs> they can they can um so anyways the question i guess is like to start like how many visas are too many, right? I didn't know what it meant to, to, to come to the US. People use the word impossible. Um, when I was in Mexico to say like, it's gonna be impossible for you to stay there. It's one of the most um, punishing immigration systems. And, uh, but I've always been super cynical, you know? And I was like, I'm gonna laugh at you. And um, I, I hope that I see this instead of just believing what someone tells me. I've never been that type of person. So there I was in my very early 20s, um, doing the GMAT, all those uh, exams, crazy exams. I came to, to the US to pursue my first master's degree. I started to work almost exclusively for startups. That's when I fell in love with, with the startup world and with San Francisco, per se. Um, it's a city that just I fell in love with. And then after that, I realized that it was going to be a long journey, a very expensive one and a very rocky one. That's also when I understood that deep and genuine connections were going to set me apart from the rest of the people. So my first uh, master's degree out of a class of 76 people from all national, no, from 76 nationalities, around 200 people, um, only five of us made it here. So only I only have from that class two friends today um, that made it through the entire journey. And I'm talking, this is almost a decade later. So that was back in 2012 when I arrived to the, to, to, to the US. Um, I've been in New York, I've been in, in Miami for a little bit, so I've been kind of all over the place. But I understood that there's only two ways to do it. Either you connect deeply with a founder that trusts you and that kind of puts all the chips on you um, and then they are willing enough to, to make that commitment and that effort because it's not only time, it's not only money, but there's also a chance that the specialization visas, at least in my case, H-1B visa, even though the company puts the money and the effort and everything, it's a raffle. Uh, so even if everything, it's, it's aligned and the stars love you, you can still be denied that visa. So imagine this, like you have to prove 
your your employer has to prove that you are better in some sort of way. I don't know how to define better, but that that you could do that specialization job better than 10 Americans. And that's a real struggle. So today I understood that I was privileged. That's how I define privilege. It's not about a monetary situation. It's not about um, living X or Y. It's about, I think for me, privilege is being in the right time with the right people at the right moment. So that's how I started. I built really deep connections with my with my bosses. I also understood that I've never met someone like me. I have always reported to the CEO, always. Um, so that allowed me to understand this breed of people better and better and better. Um, I am very good at asking for the things that I I deserve. That's some some people call it a superpower. I just call it common sense. If you want something, you need to put the work and you need to go after it. Um, so uh, that, that, that was when my first H1 visa came um, and there were other five companies that were able to sponsor me, which now I hold almost like a medal because I thought it was kind of a scarlet letter because between my accent and you have to sponsor me and everything, it was almost like a scarlet letter until today that I don't depend on a company anymore. I don't depend on, on, on anything anymore. Um, and when I see my, like in, in hindsight, I hold that medal like an honor, like there was five organizations and people behind those organizations that that believed in me and that's something that it's priceless. Mm, I mean, I don't even know where to go besides saying thank you because what you just did is you took me from a person who didn't have a home to creating this sense of Sorry, audience, but unfuck with ability that you move with that literally says, hey, like, I don't need anybody to stand on my own two feet in a country where I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm only one out of the five out of the, the maybe few hundred that tried to get here within the last 10 years. And oh, by the way, like, I'm still doing great, amazing things. And like, I, that's just kind of that how that's where I am right now. Thank you for doing what you do and for sharing that story with us because there are a lot of people listening that have never had to think about, well, what's it like underneath of selling or marketing a product? Mm -hmm. A lot of people just show up and they're like, oh, I graduated from the school. I got a job out of college. And like, this is just what it is. They didn't have a 10 year journey to figure out if they're going to have a home or not. And then still to your point, having a few different ones, like, they didn't have to think about that, right? So I just want everyone to be cognizant and like hear that, you know, everyone doesn't start off at zero like you did. Some of us start 10, 15 levels deep and we have to crawl our way just to survive, right? And so then when you have it that you're five, 10x better than the average American at doing your job, it's like, well, yeah, maybe you all should care a little bit more about your worth ethics. And this is, this is, again, coming from someone that's lived here. And I'm like, this is a constant theme that Kevin and I talk about. It's like, why don't you want to show up to do anything? 
We have people in literally other countries that want to come here and beat you. And you literally still are not showing up. So I'm, this is me just being like, thank you because people need to wake up and I'm off my rant. So Kevin, take the mic back. Yeah. <laughs> You're too kind. I think um, to Kevin's question on like going back to home, I think it's been super tough because I mean, to your point, my journey is not done. Like it's not that I'm call San Francisco my home and constantly hearing that you don't belong or that you can't call home the city that you have chosen and the city that you have invested more than any other place in the world because I lived in other cities in, in Latin America as well. That does something to, 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 to the human. Like I think it modifies your soul forever um, and you never go back to the same person that you were year one uh that i know uh because it it does it, it does something because you you constantly hear it like you hear it in in different ways you hear it from companies you hear it from friends you you hear it from even family that probably at some point they are losing hope because after 10 years it's like is it really worth it are you really gonna make it is it safe to buy a house can you even think about it the answer is no i don't have the privilege that people that have born in this country has and and and, and the main thing is that could sound like oh but i think it's it's entire opposite um quoting laura who um called edge she says that if you only focus on effort, on the effort that, that it has taken for you to take from A to B, in this case, from A to B to C to Z, um, if you only focus on that effort, you're going to become a bitter person and you're going to become someone that you don't want to be because you're only going to say like, oh my God, it has taken me three times more than the regular person to get here. And your mind is going to constantly be there. So you you need to kind of change the perspective of like i'm the victim of the american system to i chose this i freaking chose this every single day and i still choose it um today and after writing a book ar around this um only in spanish the, the the english version is gonna come soon this is why i don't talk about the, these topics because it was very cathartic and very kind of close to my heart but um after 10 years i think i'm finally ready to to have a verdict. And uh, if it's not what I expected to be, so be it. And I am ready for life to take me wherever it needs to take me. Oof. Go ahead, Kev. I have a question, but go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. I, uh, you, you look like you're excited for this question. So I, I want you to roll, man. <laughs> well, so I guess, could you just talk to us a little bit about what it's like dealing with that internally, right? Like one thing that I've learned a lot from different community builders is that we are chameleons. I'm a chameleon. Like you, I'm sure you are the same person, right? You can go into any room, any city, make friends, connect with people. That's just what you do. Right. But for the people that don't understand that, right? Like, what is it like navigating? Like, how did you get to this place where you're comfortable navigating, knowing that you are in a constant state of change? I think this, this ties perfectly nicely with our next topic, which is uh, personalities. It's him um 
And I love that, that, that you use the word chameleonic, chameleon, chameleon, chameleon. Um, I love that you use it because it's, it's exactly the way I describe myself. I mean, for Forbes, I call that like master generalist because Forbes needed it to be businessy. But in reality, you are a freaking chameleon. And it's not about the, the idea of like going into a room and, and make friends because actually talking about personalities, I am an introvert. I am a, an INTG from Myers-Briggs. I am a type five Enneagram. I want to talk about that in a little bit and what that means um, and how that has tied to all this journey. But I think it's, it's this thirst for failure which I was really bad at the very beginning. Uh, I come from a successful family. Like, I don't have unsuccessful family members. <laughs> and that's kind of fucked up because then the, the bar is super high, right? Like my father said this bar for us that is super, super high. So failure was not my very good friend. It was kind of the friend that you kind of don't even call a friend and you call like an acquaintance, but you always seem to find it like when you go for drinks and then you see it and it's like, oh, fuck, you're here again. Um, <laughs> it's that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I had to, 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 make, to make it my best friend because not, not only in the sense of like hearing that I don't belong or that I can't call this country my home, but also if you think about it now as a BP or a leader in, our, in an organization, I get access to having business conversations that reality is that there's a, there's a language barrier. And I remember that I read someone interviewed the, the founder of Y Combinator. And I'm sorry that I'm gonna use this word and excuse my French, but the asshole said that the first red flag that you could see in an organization is a CEO with a strong accent because don't say that in your room oh no and the thing is everyone backlashed at him of course because um there there were tests that were made after where like they put an x amount of people uh with uh in a, in a room with people with strong accents like mine and there was no such a thing as like i don't understand what the person is saying so you still have to deal with these people every single day. And I think your brain has to adapt to the idea that you can fail every single second, either on the things that you're saying, either on dealing with that type of, I would call it racism or like being a minority or being the first one or being the only one or being the X, Y, Z, which I of course check all the boxes. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we can move to, to the personality type because I think that's what has helped me quite a bit uh, to, to, to understand my journey and to, to still be here <laughs> and still smile and still say like, you know what, I, I, I love what I do and I wanna keep doing it in this country. Um, what do you think guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. Curious. I'm amazed. <laughs> Same. I know. I'm. I'm super curious. But like, when when we talk about personality types, I think like one of the unique skills or at least abilities that we're starting to realize and see is that you have to get good at understanding people before they even say anything. So I'd love to just yeah. I teach me personality, all the things, Lorena Morales, please. 
Uh, Kev, I, I, I know you you were like all into, oh my God, I want to know personalities. And I recommended you the Enneagram um, because I, I think- told you about this stuff, Kev. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. And so, and, and I've had this conversation with each of you individually. Now I feel like we're, we're all like on in like the, the couch together now, but it's like, for me, I feel like I need to do a lot more of this sort of stuff. Like I, I need to almost try and figure out like, what is my superpower? Right. And like, what am I like? Travis is rolling his eyes, but like, I, I, I want to like, I, I need to do a lot more self-reflection, I think, and start to understand like, a like, what are, what are my strengths and, and why, like, why and if, and how do I work well with people? But like, what are my blind spots and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a topic that I'm, I'm very curious about. I, I need to dive into and, uh, excited to learn more about from you. I'm ready. I'm muting myself. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Stop it, Travis. <laughs> okay, so here, here, here's the thing with, with, with all these assessments. I am curious, just as you kept, with all of them, and I'm going to be jumping to make as many tests as you put on in my table, but I'm still going to be skeptical about all of them, and here's why. I mean, I, I, I believe in them at some degree, but I don't let them kind of guide my path. Because for example, the, the Myers-Briggs, uh, which is probably the most common one, I mean, that test has like, I don't know, like a hundred years or something old and it has never been updated. And the thing is, when I took it, it's like my result is a, an INTJ, which means um, only 0.5, I believe that that's a, that's a, that's a stat. Only 0.5 of women pop population in the world are INTJs. So what that means is that I can go my whole life and only meet a couple of women like me, uh, which is crazy. And then I was more inclined towards the Enneagram. Lorena, I learned to talk um, about the, the Enneagram because what it shows is almost a picture of the Lorena in 2020 during the pandemic, during this amount of time. It's almost like a screenshot and it tells you where are you. But what I like about the Enneagram is it pushes you to move towards what it what they call your wings. So for example, if I am a type five, it pushes you to kind of, um, let's call it fly, in your four and in your six. Um, also, it tells you when you are weak, you tend to be, for example, I'm a type five. When I am weak, I tend to be a type um, eight. And when I'm stressed, I tend to be a type seven. So a type seven is the people that, that are like always like super action oriented. And that's when I'm stressed. But I can't sustain a life being a seven because a type five, what it means being a type five is that number one, you, you value knowledge as anything else in this life and you see knowledge as a resource and you are more like um, kind of the protector of, the, of those resources. So that absolutely ties to how I have described my, myself all my life. Travis, you're going to love this. I told Kev the first day that I met him that I am an introvert, 100% an introvert and people don't believe me. Um, oh. So, same here. Nobody believes that I'm an introvert. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't know me, bro. <laughs> no, Trav needs Trav time. And anybody in my life will tell you that. So Kevin, you were the first one that, what are, when we were first starting this, what was one of the first things I told you? 
No, you're 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 right, but I also but like this is the thing. Like I I think it's All super right, Kevin's curiosity here. Here it goes. This is my curiosity, but like I think it's so hard to just to put so many labels on something, right? Like so, I, wait, so wait. The, this is why she said yes, but also here's the caveat. The 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 and I agree with everything you said, Lorraine. Like the, I put on mine. I'm a type two seven and one in the enneagram. I was an ENF. The teacher, whatever Myers Briggs, that was the teacher mm-hmm. when I did that test. And then there's a couple more, but all of these, and I'm a high eye on the disc. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I laid this out to you too, Kev. Like these are all just signals, right? So if we're, we're bringing everybody into this marketing world, right? Let's, let's, let's hop in. I'm getting all of these pings, all this data from all these different assessments. I'm taking out of those what I believe are my strongest traits. So I'm pulling out. Oh, I'm a helper. Like, would you agree that I'm a helper, Kevin? Yeah, hundred percent. Right, but then also, what about an enthusiast? Yeah, you get you get fired up about shit. And what about the reformer? <laughs> You're like, what does that even mean, right? But <laughs> wait, no, no, but it, it, you are not a reformer. You you walk. You have you walk to your own beat, like you you know what I'm saying. Like you're not going to try and reform to this because someone said it's like what you think is the way you're going to go. Right. So in this case, I already got a piece that was a little off about me that you already could identify after one snapshot. So yeah, it's just an indicator to capture what's there, and then you are up. It's up to you to figure out like how much do I have. But at least that's why. But what's also so what's interesting too though is that. And like Lorena, you said, you're like, my journey's not over, right? And, and I, none of us are like, hopefully, fingers crossed, but the person I am 12 months from now is not the person that's talking ourselves. You're going to evolve, you're going to change. And so that's why I guess, I don't know, I, I, I see both sides to these, but then I'm also like, you can put all these labels, but it's like, what does it really matter? It's gonna change in 12 months anyway. Like, just, just know who you are and do it. Lean into that shit. All right, bro, well, then take your advice. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not evolving, Kev? Is that oh, what oh. Travis is trying to say? No, I, I think what Travis is saying is like... Well, I, he, just, he asked us the question, and then he just answered it. So I'm like, <laughs> fuck, wait, what? What? <laughs> right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just gotta find I gotta find the time to do it. So, that's all. But so the the, the the secret to everybody that's listening, the answer, you have to ask your friends these questions. Like for you, go ask your wife. So that's what I did actually. Yeah. So what oh, before okay, what, when when so no joke. So Travis, when you and I were talking about starting this, right? I was like, Okay, well, I'm gonna go to to people that I think I'm gonna get different opinions on, but people like wanted to go and ask them questions about me wait people like who you broke i feel like i've been hearing drop off mini drop off here and there so if there's things that get messed up audio wise like my bad i'm who do you know but what what i what i did was i went to people that i felt were in my close circle that i could go to and i could ask them questions about me right so i could better understand me because i think you know part of part of what you have to do in a podcast is be able to like people relate to all those sort of things. Trav, you give me a look now. What's that look for? 
Now you're muted. You're mute. My favorite sentence through the pandemic. You're oh mute. my gosh, you're muted. My internet connection was unstable. That's why the lag was happening. So this is all me. Remember I said, this is probably me, not you. So it is me. I'm confirming. Keep going. Okay. So, so yes. Yeah, so I, I, I do think that there's, there's a lot, I mean, look, there's probably a lot of value in, in all of these things. And I think part of it, it's like, whatever, whichever one you buy into or believe into, you should just run with. I almost like getting that, like that perspective from people that are close to me, like the to not necessarily slap a label on, on the personality type I am. And who can actually be like, yeah, like, you know, when like we go out to dinner and you meet someone new and like, they can kind of give me these situations and scenarios where I'm like, oh yeah, like I see that. So I, I, I think both are, both are valuable. I think it's just a matter of which one you prefer as an individual, which there's not a right or wrong. I think that the main takeaway from, from me on these personality things are two things. First, the curiosity that we mentioned, you need to be curious enough to be always in this introspective kind of uh, journey with yourself to really understand what fits and what doesn't fit. And then the second one is, let's not forget that the human is fluid. Like we are fluid by nature. Our personalities are fluid. So my problem with all these tests is that number one, nobody tells me until today and the person that has this answer, please come to me. Like uh, my, my information is public. Um, why, like why I am this type of characteristics? Where is this information coming from? And secondly, like give me, we are social entities. None of these personality tests give you an accurate description of like how to how to pursue these, for example, four and, and, and six wings in a in a social context. Like, how do you get better in your ambience or in or with your friends? You just said it or with your like that. That's, that to me is crazy because my like they say you become like the five people that you spend your time your time most around why personality tests don't even touch on that i don't know so the the insight is number one take it with a grain of salt um take the things that work for you and that you know are weaknesses and that you could potentially elaborate on to become a better i don't know an eagle is that what we want to do i don't know uh if we want to become like a, a, an eagle or a falcon or whatever the thing um but uh, I think I want to be like more like a donkey or something. But anyways, uh, take those things in order to become the person that you want to be. And secondly, keep doing that work. Always ask the questions. Always uh, understand what's the, what are the things that you are not reacting very well or that people are telling you because the perspective that we have of ourselves generally like almost a hundred percent of the times don't match uh with what other people are going to tell about you or what they think about you which i think it's super interesting oh i'm uh, i 100 percent agree with everything you just said and i just like to add that especially when you can think about how you learn about yourself one most people don't understand that they have to learn about themselves in order to grow. That's just, they don't, they don't get it. Right. So if I ask a person, like, Hey, how much time do you spend thinking with your own thoughts when you're laying down? They're going to be like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, no, no, no. Like you, you ever put on like, some of these tips? Where I'm like, Oh, people probably don't know these stuff. But like for me, 
if I'm going to bed, sometimes I have trouble falling asleep. Just this, it is what it is, right? So what I'll do is I'll put on a YouTube video that has high frequencies, like very much just sounds. And I will sit there and I will think while I'm going to bed with my headphones in. So when I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, how'd today go? And I was like, oh, you messed that up real bad. Or I'm like, oh, wow, like that went well, that went well, that didn't go well. And then all of a sudden I fell asleep. But that 15, 20 minutes, I'm just laying in bed and I'm like, oh, wow, like this is what happened today. I'm just unpacking it. And I, I, I think that I want to write it down, but I'm not. But I'm just getting it out of my subconscious into the, my mind. And so that way, when I wake up, it's no longer going to be the first thing that's on my mind. I'm going to move past it because I thought about it. And then when I wake up, I'm going to do something different. Does that make sense? Oh, my God. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Like, if you can take my advice, take it to the writing. I've been doing that for the last um, seven years, probably. Or so. I mean, I've been writing all my life, but like actively writing my, my, my daily thoughts. It's something that I've been doing for the last seven years. And I'm going to tell you why. There are mornings when I wake up and I'm like, this is going to be the day that they are going to tell me, bye-bye, go back to Mexico. Um, and that, that thing, it's a lot of stress to handle on, apart from my, from my daily job and apart from running a team and apart from the other things that are in my mind. So the only, the only way that I found myself to be able to pull myself out and like get through the next day and still be successful was storytelling. I mean, think about it. The way humans learn is around stories. And we don't, we, don't, we don't spend enough time reminding ourselves of the successful stories that we, that we have created for ourselves. And the victories that we have gone through, it, it, like it, generally those victories are, are not like a solo person. Like it, it's not your victories. It's generally you have to be thankful for, for other people. But um, for me, it was like repeating to myself constantly over and over again, my successes in order to make it because I told you like, like just being an immigrant by, by itself, it's a huge burden in, in a soul, in a brain, in a mind, in a, in a body. Um, so I, I love that, that you take the time before you go to, to sleep, but write it down because that's the only way that you're going to be able to go back to it, Travis. Oh yeah. That's what, uh, yeah, I would do this with a lot of episodes. That's what all these are for. Oh, yes. I got notebooks falling off the desk. I'm like, ah, it is what it is. Well, you know what though? Like I, I I just, I got to kind of highlight something too, though, because, you know, I think one of the things that people, um, you know, sales and marketing, they can tend to be very stressful jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And obviously, you know, um, people deal with that in a lot of different ways. But I, I, one of the things that, that I try and do, like I think when I'm feeling a bit stressed is it, 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 I try to kind of prioritize things a bit. Right. And, and start to look at like, okay, well, I, I think one, I think, you know, to an extent pressure, pressure is a privilege. Right. And, and if you're in that position, you have to be grateful for that. And I, I think that there's, you know, you can look at it and be like, wow, people would kill for these types of problems right like and it it just kind of helps paint that you know kind of puts you in a position of like okay maybe this pressure i'm feeling or the stress i'm having maybe maybe it's not that big of a deal right like i have always like 
when I first got into sales, you know, my manager would say like, Kevin, you're not a brain surgeon. Like if you mess up, no one's going to die, you know? And like, but, but what you said though, it's like, you can wake up any day and you don't know if that's the day where they're just like, hi, I'm sorry, but you have to leave this country. Right. And I've never had that feeling thought anything. Right. And I just have to applaud you because I, that that's, that's real shit. Right. Like, Hitting a quota, hitting a goal, sales pipeline, and sales and marketing alignment. Like when you start to think of it, like you're just kind of like, that's some bullshit. That's some, you know, you know. Um, and so I, I just have to say, like, super, super impressive the the the, the journey to go down the and the way you do it with a smile, uh, running a team, being a VP of marketing, like. That is some super impressive stuff. So, so kudos to you and, and, and just, just amazing. That's all. Thank you. <laughs> now we're going to be talking about sales and marketing alignment audience. This was the, the, That's the, the whole reason why we came here today for this last 10 minutes of sales yeah. and marketing alignment, the tactical tips, right? So yeah. if you guys talk to marketing, marketing, talk to sales, we're done. <laughs> Right, like get on the same page. That's that's the story. Everybody well, if we want to, if we wanted, if we want to get a little tactical for one moment, though, what what happened prior to this episode was when when Travis found out the company that you are the VP of marketing for, he literally almost fell off his chair because he was sharing some amazing content that you that's guys true. created. That's true. Um, and he actually shared it with me the other night, and I think I was far asleep and Travis was up up late burning the midnight oil and I'm too old for that shit these days but it's just amazing yes yes right um so text message yeah (laughs) there's some proof there's some proof (laughs) so it was amazing that that came full circle where he was like wait you're the VP of marketing for who love that shit I was like hold up I was like you lying I thought it was like, you're lying. Because like, there's no way. Because like, the, the way that, yeah, just the way that this came in and I'm like, wait a minute, no, this can't be. But yes, Kevin, continue, sorry. But no, so, so, so Travis, can, can, you, can you just highlight what was it about the content that jumped? What was it about the content that, that resonated with you? So for me, I'm in an interesting place, right? So like, I've always understood sales and marketing alignment. Like, I get it. Right. Because I, no, no, no. Cause I came from sales. I came, I started out when I was 16 selling in circuit city, then worked at a market agency. And then also there's been in sales. So I've always seen like both sides of what it can do. But when I was like digesting some of your content around specifically kind of like what this unified team looks like, I was like, Oh wait, they talk about revenue the same way I talk about revenue. They talk about team unification in the same way that I talk about team unification. And one of the big things that I really love about your content is how you have things laid out, right? So this, this one shot specifically was like assessment. I just talked about this even in like day-to-day work that I do, but like nobody has assessments for what's good and what's not, right? So realizing the do's and don'ts and having, I'm, I'm up on the side of how unified is your current team. If you put a survey in front of your team right now and you had to do one, two, or three, yes, no, like maybe, right? Like how would you score? 
and nobody knows what score to keep track of because a most marketers and people in sales they, they all make up their own numbers there's no like best practice industry standard which is a whole different thing that we can get into at some point because i think that'd be super interesting if there was like a sales best practice like certification that if you were to sell a product to any company you have to yeah. like you must meet this certification like buildings do but left yeah. field but specifically how you laid out your content i loved it and your approach and your thinking was spot on um also not that many people notice this but there's music in the background of your webinars which is different because most people don't do that so i really like the fact that you have music in the back of them too so just throwing that out there well, to, to that point, I mean, it takes me back to what we were saying on like victories are almost never yours, right? Like I, I, I would love to, to say like, oh, it was me and Coding Blaze is something because of me. Reality is that it's not like my job is to be a good coach at my, at my team. Like after so many years, I don't do the content anymore. Like um, I, I, I am the one kind of the bridge between everyone and making sure that things happen. But uh, to be honest, like I have an amazing uh, team behind that content that you are saying. And Jason, our CEO, has this bullet mind that uh, I'm, I'm happy to to talk about that in another episode. But uh, and he has a band. Like what? And he has a band, and he has also a comment. Like he also. Does comedy so like oh, is, yeah, this, is this CEO it does yeah so it's this CEO that that it's not the norm right the same thing as I am not the norm in the in in, in a BPO marketing role so so yeah thank you for for the shout out uh, my team is gonna be very happy to hear that in this episode and I am beyond I'm in cloud nine right now good to know and I think like one of the, the one of the things too to also point out for from that perspective like you're talking about things that are super relevant, right? Like they're very contextually relevant. It's the points where I will watch an hour. Also, for everyone listening, I watch the webinars and most things on YouTube at 2x speed with captions on and a notebook in hand. So like the way that I learn things is a little bit different than most, but to be able to digest and pick up from the slides, the video, and also to have that background noise in the back, like that's a different setup for content that most people should start to think about. Yep. Yep. Guys, you, you truly have made my, my entire week. Uh, both of you are very unique uh, in your personalities. I think I this is one of the podcasts that I have enjoyed the most. Uh, probably you are in my top three, uh, simply because I really enjoyed the one where I talked about uh, what is the essence of a marketer. And that's also something that I'm passionate about. But like the energy that you both bring to the table. Thank you. Of course, sorry I was a few minutes late. Like I said, I'm still trying to get the d d computers and schedules. I'm just like, um, my bad, y'all. <laughs> it's fine. You were doing Peloton. You are forgiven. It's okay. So, so Lorena, if if people want to reach out to you, talk shop, learn more about you, learn more about Go Nimbly, where where can they find you? To learn more about the entire um, alignment and the, and the really good content, just go to GoNimbly.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel where you're also going to find very fun stuff like uh, Making a Marketer. It's a series of episodes where I talk about the non-traditional marketing stuff. Um, to learn more about me, uh, just connect with me on LinkedIn, Lorena Morales. You're going to see my picture there. Uh, or follow me on, on Twitter, Morales Lorena SF. Uh, that's my, my Twitter handle. And I'm always happy to, to, to connect with people. So just reach out. My agenda is always open. Love it. And if you're leaving people with one message, what would that message be?
That message could be understand how bad you want it. And um, after you have understand how bad you want it, work your ass until you get there because you will get there um, at some point. Um, and then don't forget about the people that took you there. That's, those are the, the three things. I love it. And on that note, this was another episode of Addicted to Growth, y'all. Hope you enjoyed and stay tuned till next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Addicted to Growth. If you learned something new, don't be shy. Let people know. The best way to learn a new skill is to practice day in and day out. Go execute something you just learned this week with your community. Until next time.